And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it. Get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. Hi, Stephen Holder here with Zach Kiefer. We're back. Another episode of 1% Better. And... That was fun. Hmm. Uh, Colts, 45-26 losers to the Tennessee Titans. The AFC South showdown it was not much of a showdown. <laughs> okay, it was the Colts were no shows. If you want to, if you want to label it, that's what I'd say. I am not surprised they lost. I'm surprised how they lost. Uh, I think you might agree, Zach, but. Um, it, it, granted, listen, we know what the absences were. We knew who they were missing. There's no shame in losing this game. My problem is how they lost the game. And th- that should not have happened, in my estimation. Yeah. I mean, am I being re- rational here? Yeah, I think so. Look, I think you can be critical of the way they played, but also be reasonable to the situation. And I think that's kind of what we have to wrap our heads around this morning. Look, I know fans are ticked because that team played like crap. Like, they were terrible yesterday. They weren't ready from the start. And this is the words I got from a team source this morning. Crap from all of us. That's that's pretty accurate, right? It's succinct. Um, this is the biggest game they had all year. This was a chance to put a stranglehold on the AFC South to really cement their spot in the playoffs, really. I mean, you win yesterday. You're not just thinking playoffs. You're thinking division championship. Now, there's some time. There's some games left. But really, it would have made the Titans, you know, your little brother this season. And the exact opposite happened. And I want to start with the defense because they didn't play it in the first half yesterday. Derrick Henry had 140 yards and three scores. And it brought to mind an old line from Bob Kravitz where he said, you know, he would have had more if the the end zone didn't keep getting in the way. I mean, he absolutely dominated that. I kept trying to remember that line last night when I was writing my story. I was like, I know there's like a good line here. I can't remember. No, just ask Bob. He'll tell you. He'll he'll tell (laughs) you. He loves that line. Um, Right. Let me ask you this. So they started Stallworth for Buckner and they moved Taekwon out wide. I think they were trying to get bigger. They're going against Henry. I get that. Did you like the approach from Matt Eberfluss? And and why were they so ill-prepared on defense yesterday? Um, I I didn't have a big problem with the personnel they used, I think, I, I think I do think that there is a big drop off right from their front line to their second line. We're yeah. starting to kind of see that now. You got a Pro Bowl um, defensive tackle. Your backup's not going to be right. Right. I mean, they're, they're, they're obviously right. I mean, <laughs> the Forrest Buckner to anybody, there's a drop off, right? So, but particularly when you know we're talking about Taylor Stallworth and I mean a guy that honestly I didn't know was going to make the team. <laughs> okay, so. He has he has proven that he belongs. Okay, let's be clear. Uh, but no, I didn't. I, I think the problem was more the personnel rather than where they put the personnel. Uh, Taekwon playing defensive end actually works because I mean against the Titans, I think Danico Autry was a real big asset for them playing defensive end. He's been I think he's been pretty good this year. Yeah, and so so a bigger body out there against that 
that offense and that offensive front, I'm okay with that. Um, this was not a game where Kamoko Ture was going to have a lot of impact, no matter what. Four you snaps. Know, so, right. And, and, and I think even if he was healthier, you know, certainly you'd love to have him, and he would probably give you some juice on third downs, but he wouldn't have impacted this game greatly, I don't think, against Derrick Henry. He's just, he's just not built that way. So, yeah. um, so anyway, I, I think he was kind of, he being Matt Eberflus, kind of working with the hand that he had, and it wasn't a great hand. My biggest issue with the defense is this. Man up. and Just, like, show some physicality. You just got pushed around. I mean, it's not that, okay, Derrick Henry got his. You know he's going to get his. He got his when... Autry and Buckner were playing, okay? Right. He's going to get his. Right. But every single stinking run can't go to the second level. My Six, goodness. 6.6 yards per play, 5.1 yards per carry. Against and, a defense that is among the best in the league. I still think they are, but they just didn't look anything like it yesterday. Yeah, and I mean, and honestly, those averages were were kind of uh, dragged down by the second half where, <laughs> where the Titans – just kind of coasted a little bit you know yeah, now they exactly. played better yeah. the Colts played better I will give them credit they played better in the second half uh, I thought Darius Leonard led that charge Darius Leonard give him credit that guy said not today we're not quitting today and he brought it I mean the first series I think of the second half he takes Henry down for a loss he blows up the screen bats the ball down and gets him off the field basically single freaking handedly okay so at least some guy at least somebody was freaking pissed off i mean shit somebody they should all have been pissed off but certainly nobody was more pissed off than darius leonard that being said no the, the first half just unjustifiable i don't care who was missing here's my problem it wasn't just the defensive line no no it was rocky sin who we should probably touch on because he struggled man he was we'll get pulled, to him and and that's an issue right now because that guy is is moving backwards and he's costing them and that play yesterday the touchdown to Brown that should have been a 20-yard gain that was turned into a 69-yard touchdown. One, you don't see that often from this defense, allowing a big chunk play like that. No, you see and it secondly, never. secondly, there were so many mistakes made on that play. Yeah. That play, honestly, that play was emblematic of the entire day, honestly, because, you know, I don't think one play necessarily dictates how the day is going to go, but sometimes – it is a foreshadowing. <laughs> and the tr- truth of the matter is that should, as you said, it should have been a catch and tackle. When I looked at it, I looked at a clip of that play this morning. And if you slow it down and, and freeze it, when AJ Brown catches the ball, he's literally surrounded by defenders. <laughs> there are three guys around him. One on damn near every side of him. How come okay? nobody touched him until he got to the end zone? <laughs> That's my point. And so bad angles, uh, certainly, speed is a factor. The guy can run, yeah. and you can't take that away from him. You can't teach that. But bad angles, definitely not playing good technique, things of that nature, that's what got them there. That should have been a catch and tackle. Never should have been a touchdown. Never. I don't care how badly Rocky Austin got beat, and that's fine. He got beat. But that happens. I mean, the guy ran a great route. That happens. That's why you got safeties, okay? Somebody has to make the tackle. Kari Willis. Terrible play. Uh, Julian Blackman, he's in the passing lane. He's got to make a play. He's got to do something, you know? And I I just, I don't understand how that happens. So my point is that is an example of how everybody's got to do their job. And yesterday, it felt like no one did their job on defense. So real quick before we go on, before I shut up, uh, 
I pulled some numbers on the first half performance of the defense. And this now, I think this trend, it's not a good trend, but it's a trend. This trend started, I think, in week five. I went all okay. the way back to week five against Cleveland. You remember that first half, okay? Just a cataclysm of a comedy of errors and, and all kinds of disasters. All right, week five against Cleveland. A lot of that, by the way, brought on by the offense, but whatever. Uh, an average now of 193.7 yards and 19.7 points in the first half. And this is one of the best defenses in the NFL. That is what is so that's what's so disconcerting about this and just so confusing about it. Like, how are you guys so bad in the first half and lights out in the second half? They did it last week, too, against Green Bay. I, I don't know. It, it, I don't have answers, but how do we make sense of that? I don't get it. I don't get it. And I thought we got a really blunt answer from Darius Leonard last night. He said, look, it shouldn't take us getting punched in the mouth for us to come out and respond. And then that was what Anthony Walker said. Darius Leonard said defensively last night, he said the past two games we waited until we got hit in the mouth to start playing, and we cannot do that. That's literally what's happening. They are getting punched in the mouth from the first series yesterday. Derrick Henry punched them in the mouth, and they didn't punch back until the second half, and by that point the game was over. That's concerning because you're going to have five games to go, and you got Deshaun Watson next week. And I know the Texans have had a really bad season, but Deshaun Watson's playing well, and this team can absolutely beat you. And if you don't think that's the case, you're going to be in for a long Sunday because if you come out and play that crappy defense that you played yesterday, next week in Houston, then we're going to talk about all kinds of things in terms of the chances you are starting to let slip through your fingers because they still have everything in front of them at this point, the playoffs and beyond. But if you play defense like that, be a lot of regrets come January. Yeah, and I want to talk about that playoff picture because I think this is important. We we knew what winning would do for them, right? It would put them in the driver's seat. Uh, be they would be up a game with the tiebreaker with Tennessee with five games to go. That is cruise control. Okay. Now here's where they are. Now they are sitting in the final the seventh and final, because there are seven spots in each conference this year, seventh and final AFC playoff spot right now. So there are three wild cards right now. They're the third of the three. They're behind Cleveland and the Miami freaking Dolphins, if you can believe that. So the Dolphins have a better conference record, which is something to keep in mind. The Colts conference record, if they have a tie, a wild card uh, ranking tie, with someone outside of their division. So basically anyone other than Tennessee. And this could happen, right? Because there's a lot of teams jockeying here. So yeah. if they end up 10-6 and six, and there's another 10-6 and six team in the conference as well, fighting for that last spot or whatever spot, the Colts, I think, are 3-4 and four in the conference. 3-4 and and in the conference, yep. Yeah, it's not good because the Dolphins have a better conference record. And so do the Ravens, by the way, who I don't feel great about them pulling out tomorrow's game yeah, obviously but mess. yeah they are but but i mean are you going to count the ravens out when they get those guys back i'm not you know so well look at let's, let's look let's look at the schedule all right yeah. colts go to houston they go to las vegas to face houston at home they go to pittsburgh who's 10 to know at this point might be playing for the one seat at that point um that's the one game you probably don't expect them to win they come home against jacksonville jacksonville fired their gm yesterday um no reason the can't the colts can't go four and one Maybe three right. and two. 
Um, you're going to pick up some wins in the conference if you do that. You've got three com- you got three division games left and four five AFC games left, right? So right. you can make up ground in those all those tiebreakers, right? So that's the nice thing. I think the Colts don't need to stress about all the tiebreakers right now. They don't need to worry about all the different scenarios. They're going to be very thankful that the AFC added a playoff spot this year, right? I think that's very obvious. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think if you go 3-2 and two in that stretch, you're 10-6. and six, I think that gets you in probably in the 7 spot. Why not go 4-1? and one? You can do that. I think that's totally reasonable. And my, my point is, if you can't go to Houston and win, if you can't go to Las Vegas and win, then you don't belong in the playoffs. So, um, like I wrote this morning, like it's time to put up. It's time to get serious. Um, because yesterday can be forgiven if you focus and you settle down and you play good football in the month of December. Or it can be the start of what we saw last year where they started to fall apart this time of year. And you didn't, you didn't necessarily know it was happening when it was happening. But by the end, you were like, wow, they went one in five their last six games. So I don't think that's going to happen. But they need a lot to happen before they get to Houston on Sunday. And by that, I mean... They need Bobby Okariki back. They need Ryan Kelly back. They need DeForest Buckner back. They need Danico Autry back. They need to get really good results on this MRI that Anthony Costanza went in for this morning. So, um, you know, they need to play better as well. But um, part of this is, is is simply they need to get their personnel back. Right. And so, you know what, let's just jump on that. Uh, so we'll, we'll deal with the COVID here in a second. And that has been that's been coming a mile a minute around the NFL, and just get used to it. This is what it's going to be. I mean, if you if you aren't uh, paying attention to your local news wherever you live, uh, maybe you should because that's basically what's happening in the NFL. All right, what's happening in your community is happening in the NFL because they live in the community, right? So it's not hard. We'll get to that in a second. But the Anthony Costanzo issue, this is front and center right now. All right, yeah. let's talk about this because. The Raven Clark is his backup. <laughs> okay, it's just quite frankly, and I know the Colts had high hopes this season, and and even when the Raven played in Cleveland, you know, I I said, all right, I chalked it up to all right. Well, you know what, Miles Garrett might be the defensive player of the year. Okay, it is what it is. I don't know that anybody could handle him. Clearly, he played horribly in that game, and I don't care who he was facing. Lawrence Taylor shouldn't have had that much success, but it is what it is, right? I said, okay. Cut him, some, cut him some slack. It's Miles Garrett. Well, Miles Garrett didn't play yesterday because he doesn't play for the Tennessee Titans. Okay, and yet Laraven Clark, who had to enter the game uh, early second quarter when Costanza went down with a knee injury, you can see him holding his knee yeah. after Jacoby's touchdown sneak. He, he he goes down on the field and grabs his knee. He's able to walk off, limp off the field, but that was it. Never saw him again. So Laraven comes in. Literally on the first freaking series, he gets beat twice by Harold Landry. Three, in three times. plays. Okay, fine. <laughs> I lost count. I blinked and I missed one. Sorry. I mean, come on, man. Look, I'm here's where I'm at with on. this. Now, after final cuts, Chris Bauer said the Raven Clark had the best training camp of his career. All right, that's fine. I actually don't even disagree. But whatever. After the Browns game. Frank Reich doubled down. Look, he, he's coming off the best training camp of his career. I don't care how they play in training camp. <laughs> That's right. I care how they play on Sundays. And I understand that we're talking about AC. He's one of the most underappreciated football players in the league. He's terrific. And we were talking about this before the game. Like, we don't talk about him anymore because he just shows up and does his job. Right. 
and 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 he just quietly has produced very 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 well since he got back from that injury in 2018. Remember the hamstring? He came back since right. he came back. He's been playing the best football of his career, and you see the drop off, and you see how much different Philip Rivers plays, and the offense was absolutely on fire to start the game. Two touchdown drives to start. AC goes out. They couldn't do anything the rest of the game until garbage time when the Titans had you know pulled the horses and it was over. Um, maybe not a bigger drop-off between starter and backup. Not even DeForest Buckner to Taylor Stallworth is as big of a drop-off as AC to LaRaven Clark. I don't know why they continue playing LaRaven Clark. I know Chaz Green is the other option. There's a reason why they keep playing LaRaven. I don't understand it. They have I a reason. I guess Chaz Green must be the worst left tackle in the NFL. That's I mean, all I he, can figure. He can't play. He can't play. You can't play with the Raven Clark anymore. Um, I know what I see on Sundays, and and I see that the Raven Clark can't play. So I don't think there's any news that they're going to get the rest of the season that's as big as this MRI from Anthony Stanzo. Frank Reich said yesterday, we don't think it's worst-case scenario. We'll find out. But they need 74 back because I don't think this team makes the playoffs if 74 is out. I just don't see it happening. And right, and we'll hear from Frank later today, but it not being the worst case scenario also doesn't guarantee you that he plays in Houston, for example, Correct. right? I mean, I have no idea. I'm just speculating. And J.J. Watt, if you haven't paid attention, he's still bringing it. He's still got some juice left. I think Thursday's game was an example of that. So Houston is, they're not good on defense, but look, I mean, you got to bring it. And, and the fact of the matter is, if you have a weak link like that, Coaches are smart enough. You know, Romeo, Romeo Cornell, excuse me, who I think has that team playing well right now. Look, this guy's seen a lot. Okay, he's going to figure that out. He's going to find a way to attack your weakness. So you don't have uh, to be smart to figure that out. It's like if I'm, a, if I'm an play. offensive coordinator going against the Colts, you know who I'm throwing at? I'm throwing at Rocky Sin because that's right. what Aaron Rodgers did last week. That's what Ryan Tannehill did yesterday, and it works until you pull Rocky Sin, which the Colts did yesterday as well. Well, look. They have to figure this out. That the left tackle situation, I think, is a is is their biggest problem. It's even bigger than that than than the uh, sin issue. But the reason being is it, the the trickle down effect. It affects uh, Philip Rivers, honestly, and in a very very negative way. I mean, he can't deal with that kind of edge pressure. He just can't. He can't elude it. Uh, he can't function in it. Um, it is what it is. I mean, they have to figure this out. And I don't know, uh, you know, if they. They would probably have had a different game plan going in, obviously, if they if they were expecting not to have Anthony Costanzo. So I, I'm giving them some benefit of the doubt there. But at the same time, they knew that going into the Cleveland game, and it didn't help them. So <laughs> it didn't seem to have a solution there. So I don't know. Uh, I'm very concerned about that, and I think you should be as a fan because LaRaven Clark has proven – that no matter how many chances we give him, I mean, I'm sorry, he's just not up to the task. And it's funny. Here are the Titans are playing with, I believe, a third string left tackle. Third string. Yeah, they, they're banged and up. And they too. functioned just fine. Okay. So that tells you something about the Colts offensive line depth. It's not very good. And and I think we knew that, but I gave them some benefit of the doubt. Okay, that's all right. Well, you know what? There's not a lot out there. So I guess the Ravens the the best of a bunch of bad options. I don't know. I think I was wrong about that. You know, I think you need I mean, to start thinking long and hard about who your left tackle of the future is. And this was already going to be on the front burner. They should be doing that anyway. Yes. Yeah, and they are. And they are. But, you know, Costanzo mold retirement, decided to come back, got paid very nicely for a two-year deal. You know, assuming should he have paid him more. Year. Yeah, and he <laughs> deserves it. He deserves it. And you, you saw why yesterday. But um, 
it's got to be right up there. I mean, behind quarterback is, is the biggest position needs to fill. And it's really hard to find those guys. You don't find yeah. them in pre-agency because they don't hit the market. And you don't find them in the draft after the first two or three rounds. And and I'm thinking round one or round two because this is a position you can, if you find the right guy, you can bank on for six, seven, eight, nine years. I mean, Costanzo's been here for 10 years, and he's been really good the last three or four ever since he kind of focused on fixing his body with with Rusty Jones, the director of sports performance, that kind of stuff matters, and that kind of stuff is added up. We'll see what we hear from the MRI results this morning. I know he went in at nine o'clock, but um, yeah, I mean, I think everyone out there knows how big seventy four is, and, and I think you can tell by the way Rivers plays. I mean, he's after AC went down, Rivers is quicker with his release, he's quicker with his throws, he's quicker to throw it away. There's there's no timing, there's no. There's nothing in sync. I mean, this goes to Danny Pinter as well, the, the rookie center from Ball State. I mean, a lot of his snaps were low yesterday, and that affected the timing of the entire offense. So I really liked what I saw from the offense two series in. I really did. Rivers was throwing some absolute dimes, and you had the great touchdown catch from Trey Burton, and Jacoby came in and just got third down conversions and touchdowns. I mean, they were rolling. They were hanging with the Titans, and then Costanzo goes down, and everything changes. That is yeah. not an accident. He's that important. Yeah, and, and so to that point, I actually looked these numbers up as well. So before Costanza went down, check this out. Phillip Rivers, 7 of 8 for 108 yards and a touchdown. I think that was the Trey Burton touchdown. So after Costanza, now this is just in the remaining remaining portion of the, the first half. I didn't go into the second half because, you know, things kind of devolved. But uh, – over the re- remainder of the, f- the first half, after the Costanzo injury, check this out. Rivers, four for nine, 20 yards. No touchdowns. And I know that's overly simplistic. I get that, right? It's not just – there were other factors, in other words, right? It wasn't just Anthony Costanzo goes down, okay, Philip Rivers sucks. That's not what happened. But that's kind of what happened, <laughs> okay? And the, the truth of the matter is Philip Rivers – he doesn't even necessarily have to get hit in those situations. He feels the pressure. Yeah. And he just senses that there's pressure there. And sometimes he just assumes there's pressure there. And even if it's not. And I don't even blame him. Okay? I'm not even criticizing him. I get it. He knows. And and these routes don't have a chance to fully develop. So, you know, you see him throw some of these passes high and wide and low. And you're wondering, what is that about? What happened to Phillip Rivers? Well, I can tell you what happened. Yeah, he's worried about pressure. Yep. I 100% agree. You can tell. Quarterbacks can't operate that way. I'll say this for Danny Pinter. The, yeah, definitely. There are a couple of snaps that, that he definitely will want back. And at the same time, I'm willing to give him some leeway there because the guy's never been, been a center. He's never played center in his freaking life. And the Colts had him start at center against the Tennessee Titans. Go figure. But the point is, as a blocker, and I'll watch the tape. I haven't had a chance. But as a blocker, I thought he acquitted himself fine. I did not notice pressure in Rivers' face. It would have been yeah, obvious. He, he didn't get honestly. the push to the second level that Ryan Kelly usually does. But right as a blocker, it was not nearly as stark as it was with Raven on the edge. Right, and so I, I thought Pinter was very physical. I thought he was up to the task, you know, for the most part. And, and you know, he's dealing with Jeffrey Simmons in there and a couple of those defensive tackles who are you know, pretty good. I mean, that's the strength of their of their defense is right up front. So, you know, this was no small task. And I thought, I mean, no clowning, granted, but but they had their other guys out there. And, look, I thought Pinter 
showed a lot of promise yesterday. And I, I think he's going to be their their sort of uh, go-to backup on that offensive yeah. line probably for a long time. That, the that Joe makes Hague, you feel the good. The Joe Wright's character. Yeah. yeah. And they've, but, they've lacked that for a while. Yeah. But they don't have – and I talked to Joe Wright's last week, actually, just ironically. They don't have that Joe Wright's guy who they can at least confidently go to at tackle and say, look, I know you can't keep up with Von Miller maybe, but – Look, at least do your best. It will help you when we can. And at least you can sleep at night. They don't have that right now. And and that's that's LaRaven Clark. It hamstrings Rivers and it also hamstrings Wright because what do they do when they bring in LaRaven? They give him help every single play, which means 81, Moelle Cox becomes a blocker, which means you got one less option in the passing game. And you can tell. I mean, you could tell in Cleveland. How, right. Did how Jack rattled. Doyle play yesterday? Did yeah, you notice exactly. him? Yeah. And that's why. You can tell how rattled that Rivers gets. You saw it in Cleveland, him making those dumbest decisions. Um, quarterbacks know when they have pressure, and they know when they have security. We saw Andrew Luck operate this way for years when he had a bad offensive line, and you saw the mistakes that it led to. Not excusing the quarterback's decisions, but all this plays together. And that's why you saw Luck play his best football at the end of 18, and you've seen Rivers play some really good football the last couple of weeks when this offensive line has been operating at its strength. And another thing we should mention is, and I think I think Quentin Nelson's playing hurt. I almost know for a fact. You know, he's on the injury report all sure last week that. with a neck and an ankle. Excuse me, a back and an ankle. Mm-hmm. Back pain is the worst. I think we all know that who have had it before. We are, um, by the way, b- before you go on, I, I, I'm pretty sure that back injury has been noted for quite some time now. Like, that's not the first time we saw that on in the injury report. So I think this is a recurring thing. So anyhow. It is, and Continue. it goes back to week one. He had yeah. a back issue in week one, mispracticed a couple of days before they went to Jacksonville. And it was just back spasms back then. But you can mm-hmm. tell this is recurring, like you said, and, and he's playing through some pain. Quentin's going to be out there if he can. Um, they'd have to drag him off the field. But um, you can tell he's not playing uh, at 100%, and you can tell, and that hurts as well. So that's that's I mean, your left Qu- side Quentin of your line. I mean, even... That's Costanzo who's out. Yeah. Quentin who's playing hurt. Kelly is not out there. I mean, that's the bedrock of your offensive line. The best three pieces, and all of them are at very least playing beneath one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, Quentin. Just for context, Quentin hates to miss practice. Okay, like hates it. So the fact that he has missed multiple practices this year, I think that should tell you something. And I know these decisions are not up to him sometimes. Obviously, the medical staff has a role in those decisions too. But but the player, if he insists that he can go, and he's a young guy, I mean, they're going to give them some benefit of the doubt in some cases. And I don't know how many he's missed right offhand, but but he's missed a lot of practice this year for for Quentin. I mean, I don't, I don't remember him missing practice on a – regular basis at all no i bet he's missed practice years. less than five times as a pro right so, and he's, I mean, he's never missed not a snap right i mean he's never missed right. a snap but except for that one that he wasn't allowed to be on the field for because of that weird two-point conversion <laughs> they tried last year but right um prides himself in being out there and they're hurting and, and that's supposed to be the bedrock of their team that offensive line and, and right now they're hurting at some key spots on that line looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit DirecTV.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Just one last point to put a bow on this offensive line thing. Look, Rivers, I think up until yesterday, I think if you look at the last, uh, I would say, five games roughly, I'd have to look at the schedule, but just roughly the last five games or so, I think that has been some of the most efficient play we have seen from Philip Rivers in years. Okay, he has been on it. Now I'm not Agreed. saying he I'm not saying he's he has the same arm strength and, and and I get that, you know, some of the balls flutter and it is what it is. Like he's 38, he has a weird sidearm release. I mean, you know, what the fact that he's out there is a miracle to be honest. But <laughs> but he's been really efficient and I haven't seen a lot of passes where, you know, you cringe and you're like, "Oh my god, is that going to be the one?" I haven't seen that. And there is a reason for that. It is not accidental. This is the same guy who last year through interceptions like they were candy. And suddenly this year he's Mr. Efficiency. It's not an accident. Okay? His offensive no line was trash. I got no issues with right. Rivers moving forward. And 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 I like the, the the layer they've added with Jacoby, to be honest. I was skeptical, I I'll it. be honest, when Frank brought it up in the spring. And I gotta give him credit. It really does I scoffed add at something. it. I really did scoff at it. I thought he was I thought this is just more Frank running his mouth, you know, bunch of nonsense. I, mean, I know they love J- Jacoby. I know they love him as a player and as a person, but that doesn't mean you need to put him on the field. But I see it now. I do agree with Frank. It does work. And, and, and they were struggling with these short yarded situations earlier in the year. And Jacoby converts every single one. I mean, we're talking third and ones, third and twos, third and goals at the end at the end zone. Um, it's working. And and that is that is that's a credit to Frank. That's a credit to Jacoby. And it's also a credit to Rivers. And and they just, I mean. It's it's crazy how much that's evolved, right? It, it, you know, week yeah, three, week say, four, week yeah. five. It was. It, can Rivers is Rivers the guy? Can Rivers do this? I'm confident in Rivers going forward. I think the fans out there probably are as well. He's made some really really good throws of late, and and I don't think that's the issue. The issue is not having your best defensive player on the field, not having one of your best linebackers, your starting running back being pulled because he's a close contact the day before the game. That doesn't help, and it's. It's guys like Rocky Sin who are not bringing it, and and that's going to hurt you. You need to get that figured out because I don't know where they go at corner. I don't know if you you move Kenny outside. I don't know if you move. No, don't do that. TJ Carey outside. <laughs> I wouldn't. It's not a good spot to be in. Yeah, I, I here here are my thoughts on Rocky Sin, and I I've spent a lot of time on this because I did that film review last week, so I got all kinds of reactions on that. Right, so I my bit. If you didn't read it, that's fine. Basically, my my take off of the Packers game on Rocky Yassin was this. Uh, not a great game, but I thought there were some redeeming uh, 
redeeming aspects of his performance. And I, I outlined that on the film. It wasn't just like my opinion. I showed you, right? And so what I'd say is this. Um, you know, he, he's, he's in perfect position against, for example, uh, MVS on that long pass interference against Green Bay before the half. And, you know, that's exactly what you want your corner to do. Be right there in his side pocket, except you grab him when you didn't have to, right? Stupid little things that he just does these little things that really, really kill his team. So here's the thing. Like, I still feel that way. The problem is it's an accumulation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, I don't care if you had perfect position. If you commit a 50-yard penalty, it's a 50-yard penalty. You know, you can't walk in the next day to the meeting and say, but coach, I was right there. Yeah, you were. <laughs> and then you grabbed him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter, man. I mean, the the, the score doesn't care. The, the standings don't care. So it's a really frustrating thing with Rock because he's talented. I honestly think the guy is talented. I get why they drafted him. But if at some point, if he doesn't stop doing that, it doesn't matter. I mean, he has to overcome it at some point. In fact, he has to show that he is turning around this propensity for these penalties. And now what he's fighting, I think, in addition to his tendencies, is he's fighting a reputation. Because you don't think Ryan Tannehill or the wide receivers are in the are in the officials' ears? Like, this guy's grabbing me. This guy's grabbing me. Of course they are. You don't think Mike Vrabel, before the game, is like, hey, man, I watched the tape. Mr. Referee, that guy grabs on every play. You better watch him. Oh, they're working the refs. Of course they yeah. are. And it doesn't so, mean he's not grabbing though. But no, that's what I'm saying. So the minute the minute they see that hand go up, he ain't getting the benefit of the doubt. Okay, he is not. And honestly, he's earned the reputation. I said this on Twitter. And so just to be clear, like I'm not saying it's an unfair reputation. Oh, he earned that shit. Okay, so trust me. Uh, so I don't know, man. I, I guess I'm with you. I don't know where they go. I think Kenny's too valuable in the slot. You can't move him just because that undermines so many other things that you do well, blitzing and other things. So you can't do that. That's not an option. You could play TJ Carey. Uh, you know, do I want TJ Carey out there for 60 snaps against elite receivers? You know, Wolf Fuller or something? Hey, eh, no. Good news <laughs> is they don't have Hopkins on Sunday. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> Thank you, Houston Texans. Man. Uh, so I don't know, man. I, I don't have a great answer for you. I, I do think here's here's another thing we don't talk about on defense, and I think we have to. Uh, Rocky Hassan, it is what it is. But look, you're never gonna have you're never gonna have four Pro Bowlers in your secondary. That is always gonna be somebody you kind of have to compensate for. Here's where I think the root of the problem is, though. Can we get some pass rush, like mm. any? Yeah, they, they got to figure that out, and, and know, they're not we, going to figure it out this year. I was asked yesterday who needs to step up most with Buckner out, and I think the obvious answer is Tyquan Lewis, but I didn't go that route, and and I want to get your thoughts on this. Hmm. You know who needs to step up? It's Justin Houston. Okay. I'm glad you went there. I don't want to rip Justin. It needs to be said because he's not doing it right now. I don't want to rip Justin Houston, but I think they need more pass rush, and they need need to help their corners, and and they're just not getting it. And he had one against the Packers, and that was a huge play. But, but Houston's tailed off in the second half of the season, and I think anyone out there watching has seen it. Um, He's, he has the, hit a wall, and I, it has been dramatic. Their, yeah. Where does the bulk of their pass rush come? It comes up uh, the gut. It comes Darius from Grover Stewart. He's a nose tackle, <laughs> for God's sake. Okay. And Buckner, who doesn't have a lot of sacks, but he has a lot of quarterback hits. A lot of pressure, yeah. And, and Houston has not delivered the last half of the season. And anyone who's watching the tape can see that. I thought Toure would be more of a boost. He hasn't seen a lot of snaps. 
Yesterday was not a great matchup for him, but he needs to start delivering down this stretch. You got five games to go. And Muhammad, you know, made a play yesterday, but it was called back because of something else. But look, I mean, you're right. They need to get some pass rush. And, and that starts in the inside, but it also rests on the shoulders of a guy like Justin Houston. And I hate going there because I love Justin Houston, right? I mean, I'm scared of him. He's terrifying. But <laughs> Always. <laughs> but no, I mean, like he, he really, he's a good guy. He's a great leader. I think commands so much respect in that locker room. And those are all good things. I mean, if you watch pregame, who do you see bring the team up? Not the not the defense, the entire team. Who brings right. them up and Every gives them week. the last words before they run off for pregame introductions? It's Justin Houston. That is how much how much weight his voice carries in that locker room. It is significant. However, the production is not there. It's just not. And, and it doesn't have to be sacks, but he's got to pop a little bit. And, and I haven't seen a whole lot of juice from him. Um, I don't know if it's just... You know, like as you said, maybe second half of the season, back half of the season at 31 years old, maybe he's hitting the wall. I really do think that. But I will tell you this: there was a time I, I thought early in the season he was playing great, and I was like, "Man, do they give him one more year when his contract's yeah. up?" You know, and I don't think you can do that now. You know, I mean, that 12 million is going to come off the cap. You got to go put that in somebody else who can get you something off the edge. You have to at this point. I mean, it is too important and. I don't care. I don't care how good your linebackers are. I don't care how great Julian Blackman is already, and he's really good. Uh, at the end of the day, these quarterbacks are sitting in the pocket, you know, in a lawn chair, just having a picnic, and it can't continue. It cannot continue. They got to do something. It's it's making the job. It makes Rocky Sin look worse. It makes Julian Blackman's mistakes be, and he does make mistakes, right? He's a kid. It makes Julian Blackman's mistakes so much more egregious and it makes Kari Willis have to make impossible plays right all of those things you know and I think those are the things they got to do something about so sometimes games like yesterday here's what they do you know you can easily dismiss it and say all right we didn't have our guys we'll be all right next week and there's some truth to that but it does reveal some stuff too and it, it shows you what you're not getting from other guys and I thought that's what yesterday did in many cases. Um, so let's let's spin this forward a little bit. Um, do they do they bounce back from this? Just not like just Houston, but I mean, are they okay? Do you think they're okay? Yeah, I'm not going to press the panic button. I'm not going to do okay. it. Um, this is what I wrote last night. Um, After I've pressed the panic button on everything else, but yeah, <laughs> I yeah, don't disagree I mean, with you. <laughs> and that's fine, and I could be wrong, but. Um, you know, you weigh it in its totality. So they're they're eleven games in. They're seven and four. They didn't look like themselves yesterday, and it was a combination of them not having some top end players and them playing really poorly. And I wrote that this game was just out of character. It just was. It's not what we've seen them do. We haven't seen them give up five yards of carry. We haven't seen them get absolutely manhandled on defense in the first half. At least like that, right? Um, but there is a lot of concern that I have. It starts with Costanzo's right knee, and it goes from there to, to DeForest Buckner and his COVID situation. If that guy doesn't come back, what do you do in Houston? Houston's absolutely a losable game, even with those guys. Um, now, I think they can win, for sure, but um, this is this is gut check time. Whether you get guys back from COVID on the injury list or not, you need to get it together and make sure that was an anomaly and not the start of a trend that we saw last year because um, they need to play better. And I think, 
you know, Darius Leonard hit it hardest yesterday. Have we ever seen Darius Leonard more ticked off after a game? I mean, we've been in the locker room for a lot of losses, and he's not a happy camper after every single one. But yesterday, this guy was livid. And I don't think anybody played harder than Darius Leonard did yesterday. But um, this cannot be acceptable, and, and they need to get back to work this week because there's a lot to fix. This was a humbling loss yesterday for the Colts. You brought up the COVID situation, and I meant to to tackle this earlier. Uh, so here's the deal. I think you've you've outlined this pretty well in in a story last week. So there's a couple things we can we can say. I think for certain right now, uh, Danico Autry, assuming he's healthy and assuming like he hasn't had you know the battle of a lifetime here. And I don't know. Like I have no idea. No, they're um, not giving any details out, and it's a, right, it's a right, private right. health issue. So we're I mean, not we're gonna... talking about COVID. So the range right. of possibilities could be like. You're totally fine, or to like you're really, really sick, right? I, well, he I have no can idea. come back at any point. Autry can come back yes. if he's asymptomatic. He is eligible to come back right now. Buckner if is I, not until Saturday, right? So if Autry's if Autry's feeling fine, and I hope that he is, he can be ready to roll. He's got a test, obviously negative, and I assume after that length of time, you will. Uh, so he should be okay. Buckner, as you said, Buckner is a couple issues there. Number one, we don't know if he's symptomatic. We do. Uh, it, it does appear he, he tested positive. That that we have heard, uh, but we don't know if he's symptomatic or not, and that's really the big question, right? I mean, so uh, if if he's asymptomatic, you think what the ten days end Saturday? Is that my understanding? Yeah. So you know, I guess Buckner without any practice is still Buckner, right? I mean, you'd right, rather I'd have put him, him out there, there than, than Taylor Stallworth. So um, yeah, and, and and Taylor, Jonathan Taylor can come back, I believe, on Thursday. Um, and that's so if he tests Taylor, negative the entire week. Right. So Taylor is not a positive case to our knowledge. He was a close contact, we believe, his girlfriend who went out of town. And this is what the CDC is talking about, right? Just for like you and I, just regular, mm-hmm. you know, just regular working stiffs. But so much more important for these guys because it does really impact their ability to do their job. So uh, she went out of town, allegedly contracted it in her travels or wherever she was um, and she brought home a gift she brought home covid uh, look I'm not killing them I mean they're kids and I get it um you want to see your families I get it man I it sucks yeah, I haven't seen my family in a year damn he near, was on know? the practice field on Friday and got pulled midway through practice yeah yeah so so anyway point is he hadn't tested negative to our knowledge yet if that continues it's a five-day window so he'll be back uh, and please stay away from the girlfriend until she's better. <laughs> five weeks, five weeks to go, and, and we'll see if we can uh, get it through. Uh, it's going to be tough, though. This you you have not heard the last of COVID. COVID, I, I tweeted this the other day, and it was kind of a joke, but I wasn't joking. That COVID is in midseason form. Like COVID is here to stay, and well, at least for the duration of the NFL season. Uh, we're not going to eradicate this thing in the next five weeks. So this is life in the NFL for a while here. Uh, but just count your blessings, right? I mean, the, the Colts at least had a quarterback yesterday, uh, more than I could say for the Denver Broncos. So the Colts had two quarterbacks yesterday. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So anyway, um, we'll wrap this up here. Uh, t- today is the last day for our uh, our $1 a month uh, for 12 months promotion. So if you haven't gotten in on that, last chance to do that today. Um, I have a story coming that I cannot wait for you to read. It will blow your mind this week. I, I don't oversell stuff. Like it's it's that incredible. Not because I wrote be it, fun. but just I'm looking forward the, to the reading topic. It. The topic is incredible. So trust me. Uh, so look for that this week. Anyway, 
We'll see what happens. Uh, Colts at Houston on Sunday. We'll be back with a preview podcast later this week. I'm Stephen Holder with Zach Kiefer. Thank you so much for listening. This is 1% Better. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.